Breaking news. Welcome to Will and Merzane's special TTS report. Thanks, Merzane. And we're back with another TTS special. And Merzane, I think you got some bad news, right? I have some really bad news. Well, what is it? Uh, I lost my second game of the league, meaning that uh, for me, the dreams of making it to the final cuts is over. Is dying. No. Done. I buried it in the backyard. Cue the Darth Vader no meme. No. <laughs> exactly. Man, that stinks. That's unfortunate. So, uh, yeah, I also lost my match too, but they're saying there's a chance. Oh, you're still in it. And now I have to live vicariously through you. Yeah, well, good luck. You and apparently a lot of other people that were messaging me and like before the match, like, oh, yeah, you're the last dog I've gotten for this fight now. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> this this season, I don't know if I've said it on this show, but this season has been brutal. Uh, the The competition across the table, like everyone, all the people involved have been really good. Like the, everyone's just gotten so much better yeah. every season, and it's just at a peak, obviously now. And then list building has gotten better, so you're playing more powerful lists on top of the uh, all that. It's so it's just been it's been crazy this this uh, this season, and I I've had a brutal schedule too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it hasn't helped at all. But um, yeah, every everyone that I've talked to, even people that are having success. They're feeling it. They're feeling it this season. This has been a crazy one. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, you know, actually caring and giving a go. Like, I, I play for fun no matter what I'm doing. But actually, like, taking the time to really, like, okay, I'm going to make a go at this and try to really be that competitive level has been really tough. And every opponent I've had has been very difficult. And one of the opponents is actually going to be on the regular HPP podcast coming up this week so that's going to be a lot of fun so i'm excited for that but yeah let's talk about what happened with your match my friend so i uh we talked about it last week i played against johnny pastrami um he brought his x-force list and i felt pretty confident into it um i'd actually gotten a game in with dizzard who is the you know the uh the prophet of the x-force um and I felt pretty confident going in. I knew I had a game plan I wanted to, to execute. And I feel like in my game, I, I executed it okay. Uh, we ended up getting Terrigen Mists, which was fine by me, and uh, Alien Ships, which I believe you also got Alien Ships. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I had wanted was to get priority, do my usual bump and grab middle, make him come to me. And then outscore him that way. Uh, I didn't get to do any of that, but uh, he he got the priority. Chose his reds. We got we did my blues. We both wanted uh, demons downtown, which is very funny. Uh, <laughs> we both wanted to take advantage of the incinerates. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and we were both like, oh, I don't know who would have done it better, but it would have been a really interesting match. But um, there was it was a very tight game and. I'm probably going to say it for the probably the only time I'll ever say it. I think that dice were a huge deciding factor in this game. Oh. And when I say that, when I say that, it may sound like I'm saying Johnny Pastrami got lucky. That is not what I'm saying. He yeah. played a fantastic game, very tight. He made correct decisions the entire time. And I really don't think he made any I can't think of any mistakes he made. Um it was just one of those things where we both played a good clean tight game. And we both brought lists that rolled dice, and his dice were better in the places they needed to be. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't, I'm not going to say like, oh, I just got blown out of the water because I didn't. I mean, I, I made some mistakes. I think I made more mistakes than he did, which is fine. Um, basically what happened, I'm not going to give a full play-by-play, but I deployed to, I deployed mostly on the right side. And I put Strange sort of central so he could rotate. The reason being is I was going to sh- I was going to bank that I could grab the right side objective, the Terrigen Mist, and what? I would be able to get the core. All right. So and be- hold before you get further in, what threat value were you guys playing? We were playing on twenty. Okay. So 
Because there was no choice. Oh, well, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, you said (laughs) Alien Ship and Terrigen. Yeah, those are both 20. I don't know why. Uh, But I think maybe people out there listening might not know that. So, yeah. um, Uh, Next question. I've got another question. Did you have a Hulk? Because I remember before the season started, you said you put Terrigen in your list specifically because Hulk was immune to poison. And Hulk was in there specifically for that, too. So in this matchup, I did not bring the Hulk. Um, I maybe should have, but the reasoning I did not, the reason I did not bring the Hulk is I wanted to bring Mystique. Um, Mystique is going to be really good into the two healing factor characters he has mm-hmm. because I, he's not going to be able to use exceptional healing. And I'm going to be able to use the, the siege turn with her right. to do stuff. It also gets around cable shenanigans. Um, it gets around got your back shenanigans with Bucky, who he ended up taking. Uh, and there was someone else I was a little concerned about in his list that could do some stuff on my turn, but it shut off a lot of things, a lot of defensive tech he had. So I felt that uh, having more affiliated characters for that siege turn was going to be better for me. Um, and also because he's playing X-Force, he's going to bring a lot of offense. And I was scared that Hulk would get killed really fast. Mm-hmm. So I brought Strange so that I could have a little bit of control still. Because um, I typically bring Ghost Rider because he's immune and Hulk because he's immune. But I brought Doctor Strange to kind of have a little bit of that control. But he also brought some defensive tech in the form of healing and then the, you know, the extra defense dice. Right. Um, I don't regret my list decisions. I think my list was correct for this scenario, which I took Blade, Mystique, Iron Fist, Doctor Voodoo, and Doctor Strange with this with the gem. He took Cable, X-23, Honey Badger. Those were his affiliated three. He took Winter Soldier, because he's a rogue agent, because he's good. Medusa and uh, Sam, Captain America. Interesting, yeah, okay. He went went six wide. All characters that really like the reroll, because they have ways to get multiple attacks and get a lot of output. Um, So, very good list, very scary. Uh... Like I said, I deployed mostly on the right side, hoping to get the point. Um, my strange was deployed somewhat middle in case he moved someone too far up and I could maybe bump and then shoot him a couple times and make their life miserable or potentially rotate to the left side and grab that mist if he hard committed too far um, and maybe split the table a little bit and maybe sacrifice one side instead of hold it. Um, but what ended up happening is I moved... Um, Mystique up. And I gra- I went for the point and missed it. And then Voodoo came up and got the point. So end of round one, I've migrated over to the right. His Sam is on the left side. And most of his guys were deployed sort of to my left and sort of in the center. So they're making their way towards the right side now. Sam stays on the left and scores that point. Cable was already on the right side. He had moved up. He popped a couple shots or whatever and did cable stuff. things. Mm-hmm. Did some cable stuff. Top of round two. Um, I know that my goal right now is to is to daze cable because he's in range. I have priority, and I will retain priority if I can do so and not kill people um, outside of activation. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I um, I daze cable. Uh, so he was a little upset about that. I, I rolled pretty good there. Like my early dives were very good. Um. I, th- I can't remember exactly what happened the rest of who had, this. Who had the Cree Corps at this point? Uh, Voodoo still had the Cree Corps. Oh, so he got at, it right turn one. Yeah, he got it turn one. At some point in this round, I think Voodoo gets dazed, but I don't remember how. It's been a minute. We played it We played it on, um, I want to say Friday. Yeah. Saturday, one of the two. And it was, it, it was a, it was a brutal game and, uh, I remember some of the key parts, but he, I think okay. Voodoo somehow gets dazed. Yeah. All of his guys kind of make it to my side at this point. Um, or maybe it's the next turn. I don't remember exactly. Um, yeah, he gets dazed. X-23 ends up getting the point. Um, I move my Iron Fist over, and I, I had used uh, the Heroes for Hire with him to throw someone away or something and didn't mm-hmm. do any damage and moved him over on top of 
what was sort of his biggest obstacle getting to me was the side street ambulance. That's kind of in the way, but not really. Yeah. I moved him on top of there and punched someone and did some damage or stunned him or whatever. Um, and he was just up there ready to do Siege of Darkness stuff and potentially yeah, be a nuisance. Um, due to days as X-23 picks up the point, which is a problem. I didn't want him to get the point at all. Um, turn ends. Got some damage on some people. Cable's days, Voodoo's days. So I get priority again. Oh, yeah. So my goal this round, it's a, it's a lofty one, but I think it's a good one, is he has Winter Soldier... Medusa, X-23, and Honey Badger, all within range one of this size three ambulance. Oh, yeah. Um, Medusa has no damage. X-23 has no damage. Winter Soldier has three, and Honey Badger has no damage. So my goal this round right now is to go with uh, Mystique. Mystique is going to hopefully... She has two power. She got poisoned by the Terrigen Mist. She didn't get enough power. Mm-hmm. She has to roll a hit. Yep. She rolls. So I attack X-23 because she's nearby. And I know I if I kill anyone, it has to be X-23 before she just leaves. Right. Because if I don't get her here, I'm never going to get her. Uh, I have yeah. to do her on Mystique's activation because uh, it's if it's on Mystique's activation, you she's can't. got that sister love thing with yep. uh, Honey Badger. She can still activate that, but Honey Badger can't do her um, her Too Dangerous to Ignore ability. Exactly. So I can ignore that. Um, so Mystique shoots her, does not get the hit, does no damage. So I go up to three power. I don't have enough to do the explosion to make this big play happen. Well, So you still have enough for the explosion, but you don't have enough to grab the point. Or no. Yeah, to get the point, and I think I had it may have gone up. Whatever it was, I was one point short of doing what I wanted to do. I right. think I had gotten the. I think I went up to two power. I may be oh, mistaken. Okay. Yeah, as because it costs three to do the thing, but the fact that it costs an action is like, oh shit! Now, yeah, let me ask you this: Could you have played Siege of Darkness? Well, it wouldn't have mattered because you wouldn't have gotten a point for Mystique anyways. You wouldn't have gotten a power for Mystique. I was going to say, like, is there a play, a time to play it between actions? But it doesn't matter because she's not affiliated. <laughs> so, yeah, and what I did, what I ended up doing was I went ahead and I did it because I was like, well, I, this has to be my big Siege of Darkness play turn. It's the best time. It's Mystique's activation. We got We got to shoot it off. So everyone pays two power for it. Uh, Iron Fist goes first and rolls four successes that go through on uh, X-23. Was so this perfect. With a, with a flying one. kick or with a... Just a, just a punch. Nice. So he's got a lot of power now. He actually has enough to do the Iron Fist now, which is perfect. Nice. So if he doesn't die after this Siege of Darkness turn, the Siege of Darkness play that's supposed to be really big for me, we're, we're looking at also uh, activating something. Um, so then I think Doctor Strange attacks and does nothing. And mm. keep in mind, all of these attacks are going to be into X-23. Right. So he shoots a bolt into X-23 and on the reroll does no damage. Man. Blade throws a glaive at her, does no damage. And then Voodoo goes, rolls into her, and does no damage. Does oh. no saps either, just does nothing. Oh, man. Um, so Mystique has to go again, shoots her. Thankfully, I don't know if it was on the first shot or if she got rapid-fired in the second shot, but thankfully kills her. Drops the point, she picks it up, and she has to just bump away just to try to get like somewhere safe. Because right. Medusa, everyone's nearby. Um, so my my big play is done. That like that Midnight Suns kind of lives and dies by their Siege of Darkness plays. Yeah, and I had a really crappy one. Yeah, I um, mean when you dump that many attacks into one character, only needing I guess at that point after after the first shot one damage, right? Yep, and um, and this was all hinging on. Um, the big play I wanted to make was you know blow everyone up. Yeah, you know, I, w- I didn't mind doing chip damage if it meant getting everyone in range to get blown up, but I just couldn't get the damage. Yeah, uh, and I couldn't get the power, so uh, that was unfortunate. Um, so I ended up getting the core back. It's not looking too bad. X twenty three's days, so he has to field dressing her. He can field dressing her. Is the problem? So he does. She goes in. She dazes. I'm pretty sure she dazes Mystique. Mm-hmm. It, whatever happened, happened. I don't remember in what order, but he, he brings back X-23. X-23 ends up getting dazed, I believe. Um, 
this is the turn where Doctor Strange was dazed, picked back up, and dazed again. Oh, man. Doctor Voodoo was killed by Medusa, and I think Blade was dazed. Jesus. And I made my first misplay here. I think Blade was dazed. He may not have been. It may have been next turn. My misplay here, um, I had two choices with my Iron Fist. My Iron Fist went after his X-23. I could Iron Fist Medusa or I could Iron Fist Cable. So I was worried about Cable um, diving in and doing his big uh, AOE and the throw and just doing a whole bunch of stuff. Honey Badger was coming in, so she was going to be able to get minus one die. And I was scared of him putting an incinerator two out and making it even worse and just making it harder for me. Yeah. So I chose to activate Cable. Um, I maybe should have activated Medusa because of the potential output she has because she's got the flurry and yeah. all the re-rolls. But I was hoping that just he just couldn't roll like the nuts with her. Right. Or that he would go for the wrong person and that I could I could get away with not killing her this turn and I could just try to mitigate the rest of his team. Um, and I did a lot of damage to Cable. I almost killed him. Yeah. Um, well, it didn't work. She's the one that killed voodoo uh yeah and it was on our last attack he had i had plans for him if he lived um he was gonna like throw winter soldier and kill him and do some other stuff and basically he moved up grabbed the point and then died yeah was his whole game um and from there it was just downhill uh i i kept the i kept the core a good bit but we kept trading back and forth and so I never, we, we, I never really got a lead. Um, my next big mistake was at one point, um, I thought, for some reason, I thought X-23 was dazed. And she was actually on the Terrigen Mist on my side, injured. Mm. I could have moved Blade up there. He would. I don't think there was anyone left for him to activate that could hurt him. But I was just so scared of, I thought that the, that the point was clear. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, it's clear for this round. No one's going to move it. No one's going to do anything. Well, even out on score because I have the core and he's got the other miss, but my blade will be safe, so right. I don't move him up there. But he ends up scoring, and that's what that's what wins him the game is uh, he's able to uh, just score again because Medusa is the only healthy character on that side of the table. Um, she does Medusa things, and I couldn't kill anybody. Yeah. Uh, so I did make two glaring mistakes. I, but in the law, we talked about it a little bit. I don't know if those lost the game necessarily. It was one of those things where they were, weren't great decisions. But they also were done uh, to try to shore up really terrible luck and against his pretty good luck. And again, yeah. none of this, absolutely none of this is a slight on him because he played correctly. He did it. He made all the correct decisions. Yeah. Just because someone rolls good dice doesn't mean they didn't make the correct decision to put those dice in there. Like right. can be good, there can be times where someone just rolls you off with bad decisions and times where they make good decisions and it doesn't work. And I think that this is a, a point where you're both making a lot of good decisions and his worked out better than mine. I, I, I do make those, did make those two mistakes. But I think in the end, I was still going to lose that game just from all the value I had lost on my big play turns. Yeah. And then the next turn, the, the final round of the game, um, I I couldn't kill anybody. <laughs> uh, Mystique got four rapid fires into, or, or, or four attacks into Honey Badger for zero damage. What? It was very, very unfortunate. Um, That's four dice for you. Yep. Uh, and like it, it's, it's like that. And I'm not upset. It was a great game. It was a lot of fun. We talked for a really long time afterwards. Uh, he was a great opponent. Um, and it's sad to lose, but it was a very fun game. Very tense game, obviously, because yeah. we're both on the button. Um, but it, it was great, and good luck to him throughout the rest of it. Nice. Uh, so that was my, uh, that was my uh, sad, bittersweet final, uh, final shot at the, at the, at the cuts. Yeah. Well, sounds like a crazy game. I got to watch just a little bit of it, but uh, yeah, like, you know, I'm the same way whenever I play Mystique, like I really want to use her expert sabotage thing or whatever it is mm -hmm. because it's cool. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like frankly, it's it's so cool to be able to just be like, yeah, I'm going to blow that thing up and you're going to take two damage and there's nothing you can do about it. Like Pretty much, yeah. And it can really surprise people because only her and Punisher have the ability to do something like that and most people don't use those abilities on those characters very often. So it's one of those things where anytime I get the chance to do it, I want to do it. But in terms of how you were explaining that situation, like I understand why you went with Mystique there and the fact that she's got the hit to get the rapid fire is just like when you absolutely positively need it, you never get it. But it's like when you, when it's like, Oh, I'm going to, you take it for granted a million times. And then on that million and first time you're like, ah, crap. Well, it's always when you need the second hit, it doesn't matter what damage you, it's always when you need that second hit for something that you either don't get it or you one shot them. Exactly. And, not getting anything, you're just like, oh, that sucks. And getting the one shot, you're like, well, that's great and all, but that's not what I was trying to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. She's she's a great character, but, oh, man, sometimes, sometimes. And getting poisoned was really bad for her. That was the other part. Oh, yeah. Really making it terrible for me is she, she stayed poisoned the whole time. Yeah, that definitely stinks. That definitely stinks. And. You know, the the question I I would ask you with that situation is, yeah, one decision, it's a multitude of decisions and a multitude of things that lead to losing a game, as we'll talk about in my match. But do you think that not going with Mystique there, letting one of those characters move away from that van and then trying to do it on a later turn would have been an option? So um, my... My issue was I think that if I didn't go for it with Mystique, I had to get X-23 dead right then. Because like I said, if I don't, I probably don't ever pick up the Kree Core again. Right. And I have to have the Kree. I have banked my entire strategy on getting the Kree Core and holding this right side point. Yeah. So she And Mystique is the best one to do it because he's got exceptional healing. So he basically has Odin's Blessing. If I do too much damage to him on one hit, He'll just Odin's blessing it, and it's very unlikely I one shot her, one shot her twice. Essentially, is what you kind of have to do through Odin's blessing, right? Uh, unless I can trick him into taking four damage and then one damage, but he's, I have to do five damage, or four damage on the first attack to force him to use Odin's blessing, right? Because it's only at those two that he either dies or can't use it on the next attack, exactly. And then if, then I have to do whatever the leftover, which it would be if, if I, it's just probably four damage again. Right. So it's just not likely. So it has to be Mystique's turn and it has to be the siege turn to make sure I do it without him getting the exceptional. And he never used exceptional healing. Oh, wow. Never had a chance to. I always attacked those two with Mystique or in ways where it's like, you could get it, but I'm just going to one shot you again later, like with a mystic attack or something. Right, right. Like after you're field dressed and you only have one health yeah. anyways kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the big thing. He um he field dressing when I field dressing my strange, strange went. He healed himself for three and he healed someone else someone else three. Honey Badger walks over, makes a strike, and does all four damage to kill him on wow. a single strike. That's just And I was like, is. What the heck, man? He's like, Yeah, sometimes she just pops off and does that. Like once a game she pops off and does that. I'm like, Well, I think that wins the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that um, you know, that's the thing that she's I think that five dice and I mean, it can it can work out like that. I mean, I don't know if he did the hamstring or or the claw no, slash, but either just one. Just strike. Yeah. Just a slap. Man. Uh, yeah, five, even four dice attacks sometimes pop off. Like I yeah. talked about with Mystique, sometimes you you use one shot someone with a four die attack. Yeah. Five dice attacks, you definitely have better odds at it. And it's just like that sometimes. Like it, it's why one of the things I love about this game is sometimes your your crappy little stupid attack just gets the work done that you needed to do. Oh yeah, and uh, then other times um, your big eight die attack, your big eight dice attack rolls <laughs> rolls four skulls and three blanks and a block. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> More on that. <laughs> it, it, it's one of the great things. About, one of the great things about this game is that you're never truly out of it, uh, and that yeah. you can never. In a lot, most instances, you can never truly like hold the win entirely. Like, there's very t- few times you lose or win, like mathematically. Like, there's just no mathematical yeah. way you can come back. Yeah, it does get to that point in the end game sometimes. Like in in my game, and I think a little bit in your game, there was a point where it's like, 
oh, I literally just can't win this unless like some bonker stuff happens. Oh yeah. And, and there was one decision that I made that we'll talk about in a minute. Full on lost me the game when there was a glimmer of hope. Like it wasn't a strong glimmer, but you know, the spark of hope was alive. And one thing I did was like, and it's gone. So I, th- I think I know exactly which player you're talking about. I think it was the one that I was going to bring up to you too. Yeah. So anyways, talk about my game. So I played uh, Mike Damboise, or D- Damboise, I think is how you say it. Um, he's from the Strike Better podcast, Lucky Wild on the Discords, super nice guy. And he was playing Criminal Syndicate. And the one crisis that I did not want to see come out of his list is the one that came out. And it was Mayor Fisk. Mm-hmm. That was like that's the one that I'm like crap because I can't be stunned. Like stun is hands down the worst possible thing that can happen to the magicians. I'm just like it's super bad <laughs> mm-hmm. because Strange generates three, and then we had already talked about how at 16, no matter what, I had to take the Ancient One who is good and anyways so start off that happens and we pull Mayor Fisk and Krikor and we had talked about on this podcast last week don't play 16 he's clearly got a good 16 <laughs> he wants 16 don't play 16 right like I think we hammered that home mm-hmm. and then we also said well when does he bring Thanos does he bring Thanos at 18 or higher and that kind of freaked me out a little bit and come to find out he only brings Thanos in the Black Order matchup that's the only time he brings Thanos so anyways I chose 16 I was like you know what I don't care how good his plan is I'm good I know I can play 16 and I know I can kill whatever I need to kill at the point when I need to kill it right like that was kind of my thought because it's like I know I'm going to go down early I know I'm going to go down early how far down am I going to go is going to be the question Mm -hmm. and I wasn't too worried about what he brought initially, right? Like he brought Mysterio, Okoye, Bullseye, Black Cat, Toad, Kingpin. And that's all, right? Uh, It was six wide. Six wide, yep. That's all of them. Kingpin, yeah, Kingpin, Bullseye, Okoye, Cat, Mysterio. And Toad. Toad, yep. yeah. So that's what he brought, and I had... Strange Supreme, Voodoo, Ancient One, and Mordo. And the first mistake I made, and I also want to say kind of as echo kind of what you said, my opponent played a great game. His plan was very good, and it everything he, he wanted to do, he was able to do. Like, there, there wasn't anything that I did to impede what he wanted. And he executed his plan. He played a flawless game. Really, like, uh, th- there's one thing where he was like, "Yeah, oh, that was a mistake," but it, at the point that he made it, the outcome was decided. You know, so didn't mm-hmm. really matter. But he played a great game. However, the dice, I had, I think, a couple of rolls where I was like, "Thank you," but literally, it was just out of control. Could not have gone more in those like when he needed it it was there and when I needed it it was not only just a letdown not like a oh he had an uh you know I rolled four successes and he rolled four blocks just kind of a crazy you know like I had average dice and he had above average dice it wasn't like that it was like oh no no the dice gods were like smack you down and make you feel how bad this is Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it it was just one of those kind of games, right? Like it is what it is. And like you said, it is the beauty of MCP. It is the dice insanity. And I do love that aspect of this game, but went into it turn one and I pass right off the rip. He moves up. I deployed kind of weirdly. So I deployed voodoo alone on one side and he deployed Mysterio bullseye and okoye across from voodoo and the thought process there was maybe voodoo can go up and steal steal the core or if not it's at least you know 
I feel like that's a matchup that is okay because Mysterio is not going to want to hang around there and four dice into my six dice, okay. And then if I can daze one of them early, then I can possess the other one and feel okay about it. There's lots of little things that I was thinking were going to be okay, but ended up that was a misplay. I should have put Voodoo more in the middle to kind of see where things shook out and then moved him over because he's such a big deal. But mm-hmm. that's not what I did. I deployed Mordo in the middle, and then I deployed Strange and Ancient One on the side across from Kingpin and Toad, and his black cat was in the middle. And past first turn, he moves up, I think, Mysterio onto the point, and then I use the Mordo pass, basically. I go with Mordo, get my two power, and then sit kind of in the middle of the board within range three of where I'm going to put Strange and Ancient One to start blasting on that on my right side witness and he ends mm-hmm. up moving toad up to grab the witness and ends up he gets within one there uh of the witness and the creek core and ends up finding the creek core on the first time he rolls it either second yep. time he rolls it you know so that's awful and it's on toad who is like slippery <laughs> you know slippery little bastard <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, I've dealt with Toad enough before. I know I have to one shot him. I've got whatever I do, it's got to be five damage off the rip so he can't slippery away. That's what I got to do. But either way, I can do this. So I move up with Strange and I get my get into range three where I've got my Pierce, Wild Pierce, everything. I've got my Mordo buff seven dice ready to go and i roll those seven dice in boom two crits is all i've got he rolls three successes on his defense dice which Mm -hmm. okay fine i've got a wild pierce i can take that down to two and i've got a dice advantage re-rolls let's go right Mm -hmm. so i hit my re-rolls all of it you know i have agamotto re-roll everything and um yeah I don't remember the exact roll, but I did no damage on nine dice. No, you did damage. It was... um No. I did no damage. It was Ancient One who came up later that did the damage to him. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So, zero damage there, which is awful. I mean, just, just straight awful. And then, you know, he goes with Kingpin, brings Kingpin up, and I come up and... I go with Ancient One. Ancient One goes to try to get rid of Toad, and on her five dice, spikes hard, but only does four damage. So like I said, I needed to do five in one shot. I only did the four. He slipperies away. He's not so far away to where I can't place with Strange later to get there and everything, but it just didn't work out. All this to say, I knew... I was going to go down at least 4-0 turn one. I did not expect to go down 6-0 turn one. Mm-hmm. But, I, but yep. I did, and I'm like, okay, 6-0 turn one, I can handle this. Like, the Cree core's there, I'll give up this other side point, and then he can just chip away two points a turn, and, and then I'll try to score four a turn. It was, was the plan, right? Mm-hmm. So I start to move Voodoo over. I move Mordo up towards the point. And we start kind of battling, but all all it comes down to is I end up getting to Toad, I daze Toad, I get the Cree core back on Strange, and, you know, Black Cat's coming over to do Black Cat things, which is fine. I expected it. It was no big deal. <laughs> but the one thing I didn't expect him to do is, so at the end of his turn, he had moved Black Cat over to secure the, the witness because I was able to kind of get people in range to do do enough stuff to, to kind of make that an issue. So he got Black Cat over there and secured the thing. And maybe I did one damage actually when I did when I to Toad when I hit Strange with him. But either way I didn't do enough to kill him because I had enough for a teleport. That's right. So anyways, I moves Black Cat over and I teleported Black Cat away turn two. At the top of turn two, I activated Strange early, was able to Put, a, put no damage into Kingpin or barely any damage into Kingpin because the, the goal at that point was KO Kingpin also. Because if I KO Kingpin, the leadership stops, right? Well, actually, uh, your turn to start was Doctor Strange goes, teleports forward, kills Toad, 
which was correct. Mm -hmm. And then you picked up the objective. And you had two choices here. You could either attack, you could either attack someone again, um, or you could move. You, you, you go for the attack. And here, I think this was a, a bit of a minor misplay, more of like a hindsight. And I think part of this is what you're leading to that you didn't notice. And you attacked Black Cat. Um, yeah. Which she had previously been advanced on deed to the last turn. So she yep. had three power this turn. Yep. So you did four damage to her. You almost one shot her. Yeah. And that was the plan was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And I think this was the mistake because, and I'll, uh, do you want to say what happens next? And I'll say why I think that was a mistake. On my part. So, yeah. so yeah, well, I don't remember. I didn't teleport anybody else or anything. Or no, I teleported. Yeah, I teleported her away. Yeah, you tell you got the power and you teleported her. Yeah, I teleported her to where the idea being she can't steal from being within range one of me right there and then double move away. Because then I really can't like that. I cannot let happen. The idea was make her have to make a move and then, okay, she moves long away. I can still get to her. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my thought process, and then you can go ahead and say what happened. So what ends up happening is you do teleporter, and one thing to keep in mind with the creek core is you can only move once, and if you don't attack, it does a damage to you. So uh, she moves long back to you because it, it she's still within range, steals the core. Um, she has one power now. Now, one thing that people don't think about a lot when playing Criminal Syndicate is that Criminal Syndicate has another ability. Besides just counting as two on secures, and that's that for two power, they can pass and extract their holding to another character. This so is genius on his part, dude. You stunned her. So when you did the four damage to her, she didn't get four power. She only got one power. Yeah. But the reason I think it was a mistake to attack her was she had three power at the time when you attacked her. She's going to steal it, and you can't stop it at this point. There's nothing you can do. She will, which is one of the one of the big problems with her is there's just literally, there's literally nothing you can do at all. She is going to take that core from you. And that's perfectly but, balanced and okay. <laughs> you have to mitigate it as well as you can. Exactly. Um, so what you, what I would have done and what I think was the better, and it wasn't a huge, I don't think it was like a game ending misplay. I think it hurt a lot. Cause I think you end up getting the core back. I do. Uh, no, you get it on the next nope. turn. That's the, yeah. Yeah. You get I get it on the next turn. I get it back just not when I need to get it back. <laughs> You gave her the one power, so now she has four power. Um, so now all she has to do is she has to walk forward, do one damage to anyone on your team with her strike, and she can steal and then pass to Kingpin, who is going to be much harder to kill because oh, yeah. you don't have any way to steal it back. And I had Ironbound books up here too. Yeah, you had Ironbound books, so it wasn't. But it's just one of those things. I think, and here I would have attacked Kingpin. I think teleporting her was was a hundred percent correct. Yeah, if she could only move to you grab the core from you, and then attack you. And then she's stuck there with one power. Yeah. And she has to make the attack to not die. And so that is a that is a 100% misplay on my part. And that's not the biggest misplay I'm thinking of. No. But but that's a misplay on my part for... I don't play Creek Core very often, and I know that you can only move once with it, but I also think more about the attack and then do damage thing with it. You know, if you don't make an attack, then you take the damage thing. I forget that you can only move one time because I think about it like I don't think about it like I think about herbs and scrolls. Like those two things are like, yeah, okay, you can only move once. But like for whatever reason, Cree Core just doesn't that doesn't hit in my brain that I can only move that one time if I'm holding this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I didn't think about it like that because like I said, I mean, just a, a second ago, I was like, yeah, I didn't want her to grab it and then double move away. But because yeah, exactly. that's where my head goes, you know, yeah, it's, it, I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense why you made that decision. Yeah. With that in mind. Yeah. Uh, and looking back on it, I agree with you. Cause like in my head, I'm like KO Kingpin, KO Kingpin, KO Kingpin. Like, like <laughs> that was what my head was saying, but my heart was like, but you can also get rid of black hat too. And you know, I agree with you. I think that that was definitely a pretty big misplay there. Yeah. And, and here is the more the league has gone on. It's something that I've thought more about, about whether or not cat is a bit of a problem. I don't know how much I'm leaning more. Yes, because this is a situation where 
there's nothing you can do. He advanced R and D, and there was a situation in one of my games where she got on a um, infinity formula. Yeah. So there's no counterplay to it. You literally cannot, you could not do anything possibly to stop her, other than attack her. And she's one of the worst characters in the game to attack because if you attack her. You're probably not going to kill her because you don't get your rerolls. And most characters in the game that are good at killing are good with rerolls. She's got a decent defense. And if you don't kill her, you just you just fuel her. You just make it easier for her to do the things she wants to do. Yeah. I, Maybe you make it better. It's and a that, fair discussion. That, it was and it's it's such a weird it's such a bad and maybe it's not a problem, but it's a bad feeling to look at a character like that who is going to make such a huge impact like she did. I think I think you know, you're not getting that core back is one of the one of the big things that sets you behind. Well, yeah, I went down. I went down twelve to nothing, and at exactly. that point, at that point, it's like, okay, well, now I can't not play the other objective mm-hmm. because the game is over if I don't. Yep. But spoiler alert, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing that I think was the big thing, and um, I was in a chat with a few other people, and I had them just like. All caps, like, no, what's he doing? What's he doing? <laughs> yeah. So all of this, I think this is a good point to talk about, like, you know, understanding what you're seeing on the tabletop and what options are available to you is an important part of MCP right there, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's something that I didn't see in that moment, and it's a, a blind spot in my play that I'm trying to get better at. And up until this point, I've been able to make those kind of decisions in the right way and in this one I just wasn't for whatever reason it happens right and you know you could say that a part of it also was the 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 black cat you know everybody talks about how insane quote unquote she is so you gotta like you know you gotta deal with her and it's like yeah sure and everybody knows me knows kind of where I stand on that and if you're first time listening to this I think she's fine. I, I think she's a strong above the curve three threat, but I personally don't think it's one of these like absurd out of control things like we have had a couple of times before. I think that it's above that curve. How do we bring her back into that curve? Is someone smarter than me needs to figure that out? I do not think we give her the enchantress treatment personally, because if you make it an action, she will never see the table again. I, that's, that's my hundred percent thought right there. But I don't know what you do, but I think that maybe that got to me a little bit of the like, oh, you know, Black Cat, because I, I saw some of that chat. Um, it's like, yeah, does, is Will ready to admit that Black Cat's a problem? <laughs> I no. was wondering. I was wondering, too. I was like, ooh, this is this is a big example. No, it's not because, the most egregious example, but it's definitely an example. Right. And it's like, but but that's but it's a part of the game. It's a part of the game. We know it's a part of the game. And if you if you know you're going to have to potentially deal with this then you got to have a plan for it and unfortunately my my opinion on this and, and we'll get back to the game in a second is okay you take black cat away and and by that i mean bring her in line if you will whatever phrasing you want to use you you players the players people will find something else to break <laughs> and no <laughs> and and then you'll say, oh, well, this one character that we didn't even look at, we completely overlooked. All of a sudden, you'll be having the conversation again. X is broken. Y is broken. And it's like, well, I mean, take a step back. And if you think about it, one, this game, we're getting off the rails. This game <laughs> is theme first. And Black Cat is 110% theme. I'm here for it. Anyways, competitive game here. So, all that happens, but the big thing that happens that turn, Ancient One is pretty decent of a character at killing things, generally. I get four power on Ancient One, and Ancient One has a really good spender attack. She's one of the few characters in the game where using the spender makes a lot of sense, because it's typically worth the value you get out of it it's eight dice mystic your opponent does not get to count criticals or explode criticals in their defense role and if you do damage you stagger the opponent so in my humble opinion 
it's it's one of those spenders that's like yes please <laughs> yeah it's a dummy spender yeah and so i'm like okay well the initial plan <laughs> was to stagger kingpin so that i'm gonna leave strange where he is i'm gonna take one headbutt or whatever the attack is that he has i think it's headbutt strike whatever it's called and i'm gonna take one instead of two well Mm -hmm. i rolled eight dice and as we said before literally no successes And what sucks is I go back to do it again later onto Black Cat because I'm like, well, let me stop Black Cat from getting two actions here after I already had the Kree core back. And I obliterated her. Like, oh, yeah. Just deleted her off the board. Didn't even need to roll defense dice. It was so bad. (laughs) The the most tragic thing about that first roll is you actually did roll a single success. And he rolled no successes. And he was almost like, That's right. I'll take the damage. That's right. And you're like, okay, well, you'll get staggered. And he goes, oh, okay, then I'm going to I'm gonna spend a power and not take the damage. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I rolled one success. He rolled no defense. And he was about to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll just take it. And I was like, okay, you're staggered it was, now. <laughs> it was such a perfect opportunity for you because you were just like, that's the one shot potential right there. Yes. So I think this also ties into one other, another minor mistake, like like the targeting mistake. It, I, don't, I don't think that necessarily lost you the game right there on its own. No. But I think it was one of them. And I think it was not flipping your leadership faster. Yeah. So I agree. I, and, and this is, again, like the learning thing. Like I've been learning Convocation for a little while now, and I'm yep. still learning them. There is so much to unlock with this affiliation and with this squad in general, I'm not going to have it all figured out right away. But to your point here, so every game so far, I've started with my affiliation flipped on the side of placement, where if I take a damage, I get to place, right? Mm -hmm. It's really great. It's gotten me in and out of good situations, right? So like I can be off a point and then potentially be able to move on to it if my opponent attacks me or throws something at me, stuff like that, right? So it works out really good for me, typically. But in certain matchups, I think the re-roll can be more valuable. Now, the reason why I don't usually flip it to the re-roll side is because it's only good on characters if I'm attacking a character that hasn't activated or if I'm defending as a character that hasn't activated. That's the Mm -hmm. only reason why I hesitate to either start or flip to that at times. In this matchup, I, though, I think I should have. I think starting it is generally good because if you ever make a round one positioning error, you're typically covered. Like you can typically go, oops, I put someone a little too far forward and I got shot. Well, I'm going to move back so I don't get double shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing. But turn round two, I think usually if you know you're about to try to kill people and you have priority you're going to be attacking someone who, who who doesn't have an activated token, and you get it. Um, another thing that you... This wasn't really an error, um, but may, I don't think you realize, Plane of Poldock is not during your power phase. It is actually like Dark Rain in that any of your Convocation characters can play it as long as you're the active player, not even on their activation. Yeah, I did know that, but I wanted to make sure I got it for okay. as many attacks as possible. Yeah. Because I saw you looking at it in power phase when you were talking about flipping out. I didn't know if you had realized. So uh, that's yeah. definitely something that's because you have the Ironbound books, which is during, books the is during power. Plane yeah. is a similar kind of thing, but it's not during power phase. But you're right, like getting it on all as many Mystic attacks as possible is a good plan. So looking yeah. at it at the beginning is typically good. I just didn't know if you realized. Yes, sir. And uh, so yeah, and another. A funny thing that happened is I think it was round three. I'm down 12 to zero. And I think this is even before I move, or maybe it was round two. I think it was round three though. Uh, before I, mo- I I make my big mistake, the biggest mistake. I play playing a pole dock and I play it on Kingpin. He's got like four damage on him and I'm doing the math in my head. I need three power off of him 
on Strange to do some teleporting shenanigans. And so he's got Toad ready to field dress him and and everything, but I was like, I'm not too worried about Toad right now, but maybe I play Planet Poldock on Kingpin, get that three damage in one shot, then go into Toad on the second with a second attack because he's only got three health on his injured side. Maybe we can take out two characters right here. That was kind of the thought process. And Kingpin, off of of five dice, rolled rolled in five dice on Kingpin and had two successes to his no damage, I think, at that point. Or he rolled no defense at that point. I had two successes. And again, thought process, go all the way here. So I'm like, well, I'm going to re-roll this. So I re-roll it with Eye of Agamotto, no successes. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I've still got my plan of Poldock. And at this point, I had flipped my leadership. Yep. And I'm like, okay, plan of Poldock. We're going to re-roll these whole things again. And the the argument that I can see here is I had two successes on that first roll. Maybe I do plan of Poldock right there instead of Eye of Agamotto. That's the only, that's I think where things where you could make an argument for it. However, so I need to do four damage. No matter what, I have to do at least four damage. So that's why I was like, I'm going to increase my odds. So I rerolled everything, no successes. Playing a pole dock, everything, either no or one success. And with my other reroll, it was one, I think I had one success in all of that. Mm. And that's yep. just dice, man. Like dice are going to just dice on you sometimes. And like I can sit here and say that, you know, I'm not, you know, blaming the dice is not something I want to do. I have had a habit of doing that at times. Again, I'm used to having bad rolls. It is what it is. Your plan should be good enough to where you can at least be okay if the dice rolls don't always go your way. But in this particular instance, I was just so let down by that that I just lost Mm -hmm. complete focus. Mm -hmm. And then subsequently made the worst mistake I could possibly make that would have given, I ended up still dazing Kingpin with the second attack, Toad field dressed, I moved back up, re Kingpin, everything is seemingly okay there, but what I messed up with, and the biggest mistake I made, I had Voodoo in range, uh, to he could have moved once, and then been in range of, or I don't think he had to move to be in range of Okoye, but even if he did, I think he could have been in range of Okoye already. But within range of Okoye, who was on one health, and then could have possessed Mysterio, who were the only two people guarding his... Well, it was only Mysterio on the far side point. Mm -hmm. And I could have gone after, like I said, gone after Okoye, possessed Mysterio, and then kind of figured out the points after that. Maybe gone and scored those points, done something else. I don't know. But I didn't do that. Instead, I just walked Voodoo over to get him in range to field dress Strange when I already had Mordo sitting there to field dress him. Mm -hmm. Biggest mistake of the game. And I think that that's a good thing to talk about, too, because you talked about, you know, you had a bad roll and it led to a loss of concentration, which led to this mistake. And I think one of the hardest things if you're going to be competitive in any game is being able to stave off tilt. Because that's not like major tilt. You didn't like flip the table and throw dice across the no. room or whatever. But that is part of going on tilt is you know losing that focus for a second and making a, a, de- making a decision because, partially out of frustration, partially because you feel that desperation. Yep. Like, I got to do something now. Um, and I think that that was one of those times. And part of like figuring out competitive play is being able to take a step back from those, uh, those plays where something doesn't go right. And you, you, you recollect and you're like, okay, that didn't work. What's the next step? But it's hard. It's literally the hardest thing you can practice 18 hours a day. Yeah. And get to your first tournament and get tilted and all that's out the, the window. Because there's only one way to like start staving off tilt, and that's lots of self-awareness and practice and um, experience, like in in events, 
Exactly. And I still get tilted sometimes. Yeah. Uh, like I, I'm better about it than I used to be. I used to get real mad. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it happens to everybody and, Oh yeah. You know, uh, it was, it was just one of those things that, you know, it happens and you know, it's okay. Like, that's the thing I have to tell myself. Like, do I feel like I could have won that game? Do I feel like I had opportunities to win that game even after kind of a rough start? Yes. I absolutely feel like I had opportunities to win that game. Do I feel like I got outplayed one for one? No. Like, he he played better than me. His plan was better than me in this instance. Yes, I guess. But like... You know, I feel like I had a chance to win, but I let go of that chance because I, I just got so frustrated and, and just at that point in the game was like, you know, again, his plan was good. He made good decisions. The passing off of the Creek or to Kingpin when he did brilliant, good play. It was brilliant. And like, that was awesome. But at that point, so many other things that I had done to myself had stacked up that I, when that final thing of like, I need to do three damage in this one shot and I could not get anything to happen. It just kind of, it just took me out of it. And you know, that's, that's what you, you're exactly right. Keeping that cool head focusing. All right, this, this didn't go the way you wanted it to. What's the next move? You know, like, like, okay, this hurt. This didn't work right. Crap. What do you do next to improve your position? What is my next out? This was my out. What is the next one? Exactly. And then if that doesn't shore up, what is the next one? And if the answer becomes there isn't one, then that's typically where in any game, and Marvel Christ Protocol is no different. You know, I talk about how there's a lot of comeback potential. There's a point in most games even an MCP where there is you're, you're, it's, you're gone. It's, it's lost. You mathematically can't win because of points and stuff, but there's it, those points are very typically very late in the game. And even then there's times where it's like, well, if I just one shot four people in this turn, I can do it and mm-hmm. it can happen. Yeah. Um, and I think this was your, this was your out, but it was a, it was a weird one. It, it, if you don't have a lot of voodoo experience or a lot of criminal syndicate experience that can escape you. Um, so I think it was a combination of till and also experience. Cause like you said, this is, we're really trying to push it this, this season. You know, we don't practice, neither of us practice 18 hours a day. <laughs> right. To, to find all of these. Shoot, I, I barely get enough practice as it is. Same. And you know, he, he had the plan. I think, and another thing too, because we're talking about mistakes, we're both talking about, I think a theme for our previous games was what mistakes did we make? Yeah. I don't, there's nothing wrong with saying I made a mistake. Yeah. Admitting that's the another important part of improving your game is recognizing where, because very few games are won or lost truly 100% by something out of your control. There are two people making decisions on the game. Uh, and both of your decisions is what, is typically in 99% of games what creates the results of that game. So it's your opponent making good decisions and you making bad decisions or your opponent making better decisions and you making okay decisions, you know, like a sliding scale. Right. And finding the one, the the areas where you could have made a better decision or however minor, like I said, like your target priority, like if you had attacked black cat or attacked Kingpin's as a black cat, such a tiny little thing, a sliver in the of the decision tree in your game could make a big difference. But identifying those little things is big. And there's nothing that I, you're not a worse player for having made mistakes. <laughs> yeah. You're not a bad player because you move, you moved voodoo over. And I don't think anyone, I, I definitely wouldn't call you that. I, I think no one should ever say that. And if anyone ever makes a mistake like that, you shouldn't think that about yourself. Yeah, you should definitely. keep in mind that these things happen to the best players in the game. And the, the, the thing that separates the thing that actually separates a good player is recognizing them and admitting that they're mistakes. Absolutely. So, yeah. I feel like I'm a little hard on you this, this time, but That's it's because 
I think it's good for you because it'd be good for me. If I, when I make big mistakes, I, I live, I want to be hard. I'm hard on myself. Very no, hard on myself. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, I want, I'm hard on myself. I, I, we started this doing this special with the idea of getting better. Mm-hmm. And that's why we talk about this stuff. And I hope that the suits out there listening are also getting something out of this, out of hearing the mistakes we make, hearing, you know, being okay with those mistakes and like learning from it. Like this was a huge, huge, huge learning game for me. Huge learning game for me. I I haven't played a ton of CS with my convocation. So that kind of was a big part of all of my learning here, you know, and if I had it to do again, I'm picking 20 threat. We're just going to go ahead and say that right now. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I have a Hulk, so we'll make it work. But no, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, um, and yeah. Now, ultimately, the the final nail in the coffin. I, we, we talked about the, the dealing with the tilt. At this point, I was done. I was over it. It happens. I made the mistake with Voodoo. I realized I couldn't win no matter what. And I was like, well, let me just, just try to make it go one more round and see if I can KO Kingpin. Well, I moved Mordo over to kind of body block a little bit on the witness. And guess who comes just trotting over and then climbing gears just into the millimeter, into the pixel of space that they had. And that's Okoye to take the win 16 to 2. Yep. Brutal game. Brutal game. Yep. And I, I think I've said this before. Score doesn't always talk about how close the game is. No. Especially on, a, on an objective like this against a team like this. And there, the game was for having, you know, given him the point value he wanted and him making correct decisions. Regardless of what the score said, the game was pretty close. Um, there was a lot of times where it could swing either way. Oh yeah, but some sometimes this game, uh, you do lose all the points in a round once or twice in a row, and that can catapult a loss. Even though, like, I think if the game continues, I think you start to swing back. Like, if yeah. it doesn't cap at sixteen, yeah, I think this is where you. I think you start swinging back around. Um, I think you were going to start picking up momentum at this point. You killed Cat. Uh, Kingpin is day. Kingpin was on his injured side, so now it's time to start KOing him and stuff. Well, yeah, um, and that's the thing like if I had made the better play with Voodoo, I got nothing out of Voodoo this game. I mean, really. No. And if I had made the better play, there's a theme. Uh, uh <laughs> if I had made the better play with Voodoo, I honestly think that I'm able to potentially come back and win like like a 16 to 14 kind of score. Yeah. Or or 16 to 12, like like I'm able to put in work because ultimately I don't think he has the firepower to put me down mm-hmm. if I'm able to KO Kingpin and and then I just have to deal with Mysterio not getting points and, and Okoye and Bullseye. And, and I think what you do, I think the proper play was to not activate Voodoo until the last activation. If that means passing to or doing more to and because he was rotating his board to the right side yeah. to, you know, to address the fact that you were winning the right side. The right side was turning in your favor. Yep. And he didn't have the firepower to stop it. If he loses Kingpin, he loses his big advantage. And now, after he's activated everyone, uh, except maybe Myster- he probably doesn't activate Mysterio yet. Then you go with him because he can't recommit everyone back to the left side. Then you possess him move maybe attack him and throw him off the point just just for good measure yeah um or just stand there and neither of you score the point and i think that like even if you don't score you stop him from getting the instant win um exactly it goes it goes up 14 to 2 at that point and i think that's where you start slingshotting the game back into your favor yeah uh you, you get rid of kingpin and then i mean what does he have he's got he's got three two point he's got characters. three two point characters against strange Mordo and the ancient one. And, and it's going to, it's just going to get rough from there. 
Yeah. And if you, as you start dazing them, they're not going to be able to count for two. So you can start contesting them point for point. They probably don't get the core back. And as long as you don't lose voodoo over there on that side or recall his brother or he doesn't <laughs> rotate. Right. That's that point is either dead or in your favor. There is no in between. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and you know, I think it is very easy to miss that, but it has a big, it has big consequences, obviously. It absolutely and does. And that's why reflecting on what, what went well and what went poorly is very important. Absolutely. So with that, Merzane, I think what we're going to do is break this episode in two because this okay. was kind of a big week for both of us. Yes. And it was mm-hmm. the, the midpoint week, so we changed rosters, all that stuff, right? So this will be our TTS special report 4.0, and then we'll have the 4.5 coming right up. Two episodes special, three HPP episodes this week. Holy crap, that's a lot. Oh, my goodness. Spicy week. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it's going to be great. And so... If you're interested in hearing kind of the prep work for the next week, and if you're interested in hearing the what we're, what we're going to be changing in our rosters and stuff like that, check out the TTS Special Report 4.5. And I want to say thank you to the patrons out there for all your support. We've had a lot of people joining up lately, and it's just so amazing. Like, I'm so happy and so thankful to everyone over there. It means the world to me. All the suits, anyone that listens just gives me their time. Like, I can't tell you how, how much that means to me because everyone's time is important. And I hope that if you're an MCP player or maybe you're looking to get into MCP and you hear this and you and you hear about what this game can be and how exciting, how sometimes it can get you a little tilted, but it can also be really great. Look, your time's valuable. I appreciate you giving me your time. And I hope I never waste it. And if you're interested, you can check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. You can send us messages on Facebook, uh, Facebook page, House Party Protocol Podcast. You can send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And yeah, we'll be back soon with episode two. And this concludes the special report. Tune in next week for more.